Hello. 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 And welcome, welcome to, to LaughBox. LaughBox, the podcast for the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And now, here's your host, Chip Lutz. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is Chip Lutz, the unconventional leader. And today, Man, it is so cool that I got to talk to this guy right here, Mr. Alan Klein, because when I was working on my master's way back when in the dark ages, um, his book, um, The Healing Power of Humor, um, helped me through the whole thing, helped me like write my thesis. I might have even plagiarized him. I don't know. But then a few years later, I got to actually meet him in person. I was like, what? I get to meet Alan Klein? And then since then, we've become pretty good friends. Uh, when I'm in San Francisco, I get to see him. When I'm at the um, AATH conference, we get to hang out a little bit. So I'm really glad to spend a little time with Alan Klein. Welcome, my friend, to the podcast. It is uh, great to see you virtually again or hear your voice. Thank same, you. Same here, my friend. Same here. Now, obviously, we've spent a lot of time together. Um, I know you. I've drinking vodka at your house. Um but um, for our listeners, and in restaurants, and yes. in restaurants, this is true. Yes, and at conferences, and at conferences. Yes, but uh, for uh, our listeners, if you could give them like a little bit about uh, who Mr. Alan Klein, this man of mystery, is. Well, officially, I am the world's only jollytologist, and I show people how to get more humor, and positivity in their life, 25 words or less. And I do that through speaking and a lot through my writing of my, I don't know, 30 some odd books. 30, I was gonna say, I thought it was like 572 because uh, you've got a lot of books out there. And I was when I was going through the list, I was like, man, I didn't realize that you had so many books, but you've got a lot of books that you put out. I do, and uh, I can give you a trade secret, but don't tell anyone else. Um, <laughs> some of them are reprints with new publishers, new formats, new forwardists, new, you know, so they're kind of a new book with old information, actually. <laughs> but I'd say I'm a, more, than, more than half or at least new books, yes. Well, you know, uh, they're all good. Like I said, um, you know, some of them were major trajectories. I mean, major influences in my life on how I looked at different things. So for that, I thank you, my friends, because uh, 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 you are a, um, uh, a force to be reckoned with in so many different ways. Um, so I'm really thank excited you. to talk to you about your, your new book today because um, you know, I enjoyed uh, going through it. And I know my listeners will love to hear um, about it. But before we get into our conversation, I'm just going to ask you a random question. It has nothing to do with our conversation. So um, you're originally from New York, yes? Yes. Born All in right. Manhattan. Manhattan. What do you miss most about living in New York? Oh, just top of the line um, Broadway shows. <laughs> travel companies are not as good they're good but um you know i always think if, if you're a you have a walk-on part in new york city broadway you are the best actor in the world maybe for that walk-on part 
Really? Um, it's just, I think, that's my opinion. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, London and New York are the two big uh, live theater venues. And I'm, uh, I grew up on Broadway shows. And so every time I go to New York, I see a show a night. So it's usually six, seven shows a week to get my fill. So that's, that's what I miss. Wow. See, what's funny is that it was nothing about food because a lot of times I ask people what they miss most about where they you know, used to live. It's always about food, but you're like, no, it's about the culture. I love that. That is, that is so Alan Klein. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, well, food is great in New York City, but Chip, you have to remember, I live in San Francisco. <laughs> right. Where the food is also just so incredible. It um, is. We shared a Chinese meal together once. It was just kind of an ordinary Chinese restaurant, but food was pretty decent. I put so, on ten. I put on ten pounds every yeah, time I go to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. Although now everything's closed, so uh, we got to wait. About now's the time to lose weight when you come here. If you oh, come here, yeah, I don't know. I I would still get like uh, uh, clam chowder and a bread bowl. Yes, with lump crab on top. Mm. Mm. I don't even want to talk about it because I'm, I'm salivating. Anyway, we're going to talk about your new book, The Off Factor, which I'm really excited about. So let's just start there. I mean, what spurred you to, you know, put this new book together? Because it's something that uh, I had never thought about before. Um, the the whole concept of awe. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But I just first want to talk about like, you know, what was the impetus for you putting it together? Right. First, first, because people cannot see the book unless you post it. Um, the word awe is A-W-E, not, not O-R <laughs> or O-R-E or however else you spell it. Uh, A-W-E. And, and the reason I, I'd never thought of it before either, but as I get older, I was starting to look at all the times in my life, Chip, that, um, you know, I felt like I couldn't explain what happened. It was like, it blew my, it blew me away. You know, it um, took my breath away. It, mm -hmm. it floored me sometimes, you know, that, oh my God, how did that happen? You know, that kind of thing. And I thought, I've had a lot of those in my life. And I think other people do too, but they probably don't um, realize it. And so I wanted to write a book that would share those kind of awe moments in my life hmm. to tell people the new research on awe, which is incredible. I think awe is the new happiness. Mm -hmm. And also to give them ideas of how they can get more awe in their life so they could be happier and as the research is finding healthier. So once I get an idea for a book, I just start, you know, putting all that together and interviewing other people and asking for their all moments, which then I, I read those or listen to those and I'm blown away by, by what happened to them. And so I just starting, started to put this book together and it actually came together pretty easy. Um, not many books on the subject, but lots of incredible stories that I wanted to share with people of how things happen in our life and we, we don't pay much attention to them sometimes or pay attention to life itself. And so that's what this book is um, mm -hmm. for, for all kinds of people and all kinds of our experiences. 
So um, I like that. And I think you kind of laid out the format for our discussion on looking at uh, all, some of the, maybe the research and some of the stories. I think that I like that you've kind of laid that out. Um, so let's just talk about, uh, you know, how you describe what awe is. Well, this, this was a real shocker when I started to write about it. I thought, well, I better know um, the definition. Actually, the person that helped me um, push me along in this idea is I, was, I had lunch with my former literary agent and I told him this idea I had for this book. And he said, he wasn't actually too excited about it. <laughs> he said, because what is all, you know? He asked me what all is and I thought, I try to explain it and I just went on and on. And then I thought, I gotta look this up. What is, what is all? And I was shocked when I, looked in the dictionary because the main um, definition of awe was reverence mixed with fear and wonder. Really? And I thought fear, because I look back at some of my stuff, it had some fear, but mostly it did not. Mm -hmm. But then I thought about, okay, a lightning thunderstorm. I don't know about you, but as a kid, when it would lightning thunder, I would get under the blanket. Mm -hmm. You know, it was scary, that noise, those lights in the sky, and they're also incredible, right? It's, it's an awe moment when you see that lightning. So there it was fear, and there it was wonder. And then I was talking to someone else, and he said, well, he grew up Catholic, strict Catholic. And the nuns put a lot of fear into him. <laughs> So again, God, is, God uh, is love. God is love. <laughs> They're beating him with the ruler. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and then they smack you over the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, I shouldn't say that. But um, <laughs> so I, I realized that there, that was one kind of awe. But my kind of awe was more like when you can't explain something that happens, mm -hmm. it's like a comes from like a higher power. And that was the conclusion I actually got after writing the book that all was something that um, had the divine uh, somehow attached to it, something we can't explain. So often people will say, oh my God, I mean, right there. Um, it, it's, it's something that um, overwhelms you. And so for me, that's the definition. And uh, of of awe, it knocks my socks off. Can't explain it. Uh, took my breath away. You know, oh my God, that kind of experience. So for me, that that may not be the dictionary definition, but it's certainly my definition, and I think a definition for a lot of other people. I like that, and, and I like that you included the divine in that because I think a lot of times we can negate. Um, the aspect in our lives that um, I don't want to call them mini miracles, but these little things that happen in our lives that certainly we can't explain, but um, they go beyond what we can understand. Um, is that kind of what you're saying? That certainly there's something yeah, else. There's also, something something yeah. else involved. Gives us um, goosebumps sometimes. You know, I I can give you very some quick really examples. I was hiking in um, Yosemite up the mountain to Vernal Falls and coming down the mountains with somebody I didn't recognize, but he goes, Alan? And I look and look and I don't know who it is. And I go over and he said, 
I'm John, I was an apprentice of yours in when you designed Summer Stock 40 years ago. Wow. You know, and that kind of, on top of, on top of the mountain in Yosemite, and I'm thinking, you know, what are those chances? Now, some people will say, oh, that's coincidence, but what are those chances? That's gotta be an all moment. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did just that split second I'm going up, he's coming down, he recognizes me. I could have, if he didn't recognize me, we would have just passed each other. Mm -hmm. uh, then again, I'm, I go to Paris, I take a little nap, I go outside to get some fresh air, you know, after I've landed, um, got my hotel and stuff. There's a friend of mine sitting at a cafe having coffee right around the corner. Had no idea he was gonna be in Paris. He had no idea I was gonna be there. What yeah. are what are those chances of something like that happening? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, those I call them mini awe moments. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I was just sharing this morning a story about um where I was uh Gwen and I, and you know, my wife Gwen and I were going to DC and we were landing, and just oh, yeah. by by yeah. chance I I called my mom and dad and it's like, oh hey, you know, we're going this before my dad passed away. You know, we're going, you know, we're you know, we're flying into DC, we're gonna do this and and I had no idea, but mom and dad were on a bus trip um, with their church, you know, in DC. And we got to spend the next, the whole next day, I had nothing planned on my calendar the next day. So we spent the whole next day, you know, uh, going through Mount Vernon with my dad and my mom, well, before my dad got um, really, really sick. And it was one of the best times I'd had with my parents as an adult. And, you know, I, I didn't, right. I didn't design that. I didn't plan it. It was just, you know, I just, I like, ah, oh, I hadn't called my mom and dad for a watch, probably give them a call, let them know where I'm at. And it was just one of those things where things came together that I hadn't planned that ended up being one of the best memories I have as an adult with my parents. Would that be an awe moment? It's an awe moment. It's, it's, and for me, things like that are divine interventions. Um, you know, I, I had a book signing for one of my previous books and I was going to be using PowerPoint and it's here in the city. So I thought, well, I'll just go in in the afternoon. The, the book signing was in the evening. I'll go in and just check the, um, the PowerPoint um, just to make sure it's working. And, you know, they had the right equipment and stuff. And I go in and there's a woman at the counter crying, crying her, what I don't, I don't know the expression, but just totally in tears. Hmm. And I wait, you know, but I don't want to interrupt. And this is going on for like 10, 15 minutes. And it so happened that her husband died a couple of days before she came in the mm. bookshop to get a book on grief. And she was claiming that the clerk was very, um, not very nice to her. And so I waited and waited. And finally, there was a little opening. And I went over and I said, you know, I used to be a hospice volunteer and I lost my wife and um, would you like to, to talk? And I took her aside and we chatted for at least a half hour, maybe longer. And she went on her way and, and the, um, the owner of the bookstore who was behind the counter when the woman was crying and had no idea what to say, thanked me profusely. And I realized when I left the store, I wasn't sent there to check. <laughs> the PowerPoint that afternoon. I was sent there to help that woman. Uh -huh. 
And uh, again, I, I see that as, you know, divine intervention. Um, you know, we're more than more than ever, I think we're at places we need to be and we don't somehow don't know sometimes why we're there. And this was one of those, again, an all moment for me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we're there just to be there, but other times there's certainly other reasons. And, you know, we don't understand it until afterwards. And I like that you brought that out. Um, now, you, you brought it before on how, like, you said that awe is the new happiness. What did you mean by that? Well, the, you know, for, for, I don't know, long time now, at least I've been seeing a lot of research, a lot, of, certainly a lot of books on how to be happier. Right. And I've not seen anything about um, awe, bringing awe into the, into the mix. And, mm -hmm. and what I think the latest research in awe is mostly began about eight years ago. So it's fairly new. Mm -hmm. Um, and what they're finding, there's a number of scientific things about why we need to find more awe in our life. Um, but one of those that I really like is they did uh, experiments with seniors who are very depressed, uh, not very, but often depressed and often anxious. And they took them on walks every day. And one group they asked to that group to find something that awed them or they found some something amazing on the walk mm -hmm. and the other group they didn't ask that and they did this for a period of eight weeks and after eight weeks they found that the group that were uh, asked to find the awe on their walks mm -hmm. had less depression and were less anxious really and i thought we could you know we'd have to be a senior actually to do that if when we go out in a day you know for the day wherever we are to stop for a moment and look for something that amazes us, you know, brings us all. Yes. And, and the other thing that dovetail into that, that I thought was amazing, and we could all do this, is you did not have to go into nature to find something or to get the benefits of all. If you just um, have a photo or a picture that awes you of nature where in your house and you look at that throughout the day, that can bring you some of those same helpful benefits. Interesting. So here's a very two very simple things people could do to, to bring more balance and uh, less anxiety. And, and we're certainly living in an age of anxiety right now, but bring uh, help bring less of it uh, into their life. You know, what's interesting about that to me is that, you know, that so many times in life, we just get so used to our backgrounds. You know, we don't pay attention to what's going around us or what's, um, what yeah, flowers that might be blooming or snow that may be falling. We're just like, we're just kind of going through the motions. We're solely focused on the things we have to do. Uh, but if we take that moment out and just maybe appreciate um, some of the amazing things that are happening around us, um, that, you know, what you, from what you said, you know, that can change our complete outlook and actually, you know, better our health as well. I mean, I like that. Um, cause it's just yeah. so easy to discount so many things, so many amazing things that happen in our lives. Sometimes we just are completely oblivious to, cause we're worried about sending the next email or making the next phone call, or I got to get this report in. 
um, just taking that moment out. And I also like the fact that um, we can, you know, you don't have to go outside and you can just, um, I don't want to say manufacture, but you can um, uh, make your own awe by, you know, figuring out what you like and put it within the context of where you spend your time. So, um, yeah. And I think one, yeah, one thing that's real important in this and, and I, I do have a TEDx talk on it. The power of intention mm -hmm. is to set your intention. So one thing I did, um, this morning, I thought I'm going to find faces that are not faces. Um, like I looked at a switch, a switch uh, where you plug something in. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's my rice cooker. I looked at my rice cooker this morning. It's what brought this idea on. And there where the plug was, was like two holes and a little thing under it. I don't know, looked like a nose to me mm -hmm. and a switch to turn it off and on under that. And it looked like a face. Mm -hmm. So then I'm sitting in my doctor's office this morning and I look at something on their wall that is not a face. And it looked just like a face to me too. And so throughout the day today, I'm looking for faces that are not faces. <laughs> um, it's fun. It shows me a little more of the world around me. Sure. It, it, it helps me set an intention for, mm -hmm. um, for, you know, just to, to not just go, as you said, not just go around the world and not notice stuff. It helps me notice stuff. Well, it keeps you more present in the moment, I would think as well. Yeah, that um, it's easy not to to be be here, but it's easy to be other places in yesterday or today. Um, now, what are the differences? You know, like you, you alluded to some of the the nature things. You know, you know, uh, but you know, can you know. Uh, in your book, you've got two chapters, one on nature made awe and one on human made awe. So can we can we talk about those a little bit? Well, nature is the biggest uh, all getter, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, most people I certainly interviewed and, and I saw some research that when people talk about awe, it's often related to nature. And you know, the Grand Canyon, you know, uh, Niagara Falls, of course, you, you get the picture immediately. But, you know, my point is we don't need um, to go to take trips like that. In fact, one of the researchers... Oh, well, every travel research, agent in the world is going to hate you right now. So I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to go on a trip. Agent, <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but particularly with COVID, you can't, you know, some, yeah, maybe you can, but do you want to go on trips right now? So right. look around you, you know, and find find those awe things. And one researcher, Dasha uh, Keltner, leading researcher in awe, interviewed people from 30 different countries, asking them how often they found awe in their day. Mm -hmm. And the average was two and a half times a day. And we don't, I don't think people here, if you'd ask that, would even say once a day. But it's truly, truly around us. I mean, take a flower. If you're near a flower or you have some in your house, really look inside of it. Look, look, um, 
I was in I was in Holland uh, two years ago and went to Kuchenhof Gardens where they have seven million tulips. Wow! I'm still knocked over, but yeah, <laughs> I still see them. Seven million tulips in bloom. We were just there when they were blooming, and each one is so different. And you could look in a say a, a red, bright red tulip. If you really look inside, there was a yellow center with a a black fringe kind of outline and the stamens were orange. And I mean, it just, if you look closer at things, even in just your daily, in your house, just look closer and you'll find things that you'll go, hey, I, I've passed that, you know, every day and I didn't notice it. Um, I'm not sure what your question was. I'm not sure I'm answering it. But no, you are. You are. You, you hit the. You hit the. Um, you hit the nature part. I was. You know. That's. You know. Yeah. And I think that, like you said. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So the, the second thing people are awed at uh, most things is um, childbirth. And yes. again, if you look at a small baby, you know, people are just uh, awed by that. And I remember when my daughter was born. Um, I went running after the nurse who was, it was a little after midnight and running after the nurse who I saw going down the hallway with a bassinet and I want to see my child. I want to see my child. And she said, sir, I'm going to get your child. This bassinet's empty. <laughs> <laughs> I started to laugh, but, <laughs> but you know, we can't like wait to see a, a baby uh, yeah. or even a pet. I, I had a puppy a couple of years ago and somebody uh, who I know who doesn't even live in the city said, I want to come and see the puppy. You know, there's some, something that overwhelms us when we see a small child or a small puppy or just, just really gets to our heart, I think. And right. So that, you know, be around children. Children could, could bring a lot more awe in your life too. That's so true. I was there for the birth of all four of my children and um, uh, each mm -hmm. one was very awe-inspiring, you know, where it was just that moment where it's like, wow, it's like, it's just a little human. And uh, with my grandkids, they're always <laughs> inspiring on me. Um, not just by, you know, just the them being, but also in just the way they look at the world, that the world's, yes, exactly. their worldview is sometimes you know, it's nice because it's not jaded by um, the the fact that like we get so jaded as grownups, but they just see things so sometimes so matter of fact and like this is this. I'm like, wow, I just never thought about looking about like that. Maybe it is like that. It's just it's yeah. just the yeah, in some ways. I was in the cafe and my dog was with me and there was this young, I don't know, two year old and he was fascinated, had a golden retriever with a big plume kind of tail and he was fascinated, this young man, a uh, boy was fascinated by this tail moving back and forth and how it tickled his nose and it went and the wind coming from it. And uh, he, he just, for a good five minutes, this was his world, dog's tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be around kids. Don't have enough awe, wonder in your life, be around kids. Yeah, certainly see things a little bit differently. Um, and certainly have an appreciation for some of the things we sometimes overlook. That is a fact. Um, so uh, 
what are you know, I know that you did a lot of interviews uh, for your book and you had a lot of different, uh, what are some of the ones that stuck out to you that were like, oh, you know what, not to play favorites, obviously, because I know you got uh, Dave's, in, uh, <laughs> Dave's stuff in there too. But uh, what are some of the ones that like, just like, oh, you know, uh, that really resonated with you? Obviously, you're not going to put anything in your book that didn't resonate with you, but some of those things like maybe like shifted your mindset or something or uh, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I talked to this person because this is something people really need to hear. Right. Well, I, a number of them were involved with water. Uh, one of them, really? I forget, she was in Ecuador or something and she was swimming in this... Oh, I forget what animal. Uh, maybe it was a turtle. It just followed her wherever she was swimming. It's just, you know, and then was swimming like by her side and they were like looking at each other. Just uh, another friend who swims in the bay in San Francisco talked about just being one, you know, looking, looking while he's in the water, just looking ahead at the ocean and being one, you know, with the universe, mm -hmm. which is one of the scientific things that all, all brings us closer to our surroundings. And, and it also makes us smaller, which makes us more compassionate with other people. I want you to repeat that a minute because I, I want you to repeat that because I think that is a, like a key thing for people to remember that um, you're having that moment of awe um, makes us a little bit smaller and a little more compassionate um, because I think that in today's world, we need more of that. Uh, you don't have to repeat it because I just repeated it. I just think that's a key thing to bring yeah, out. No, because... And it brings us closer. Um, uh, several times I've been in Hawaii and people gather at sunset to possibly see a green flash uh -huh. when the sun sets. And I, I, looking back, I realized how it brought us all closer together. I don't know the people on either side of me, but if there's a green flash, you all like suddenly bond. It's like you just saw an incredible thing and you start talking to each other. And mm -hmm. even I realized even when there was not a green flash, you start talking to each other like, oh, when did you see a green flash last? You know, and so, so uh, even the non-awe moment created because you were looking for the all moment um created some bonding yeah which is a great thing for to think about just in life and connecting with other people but for families as well to you know go out together as a family and to maybe look for some of those things and have those opportunities to connect because so many times we're disconnected because of all the electronics and other stuff we have going on in our lives that if we take a moment to take a break and look for the awe, maybe we'll have an opportunity to connect a little bit better. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, what, what did they, if you, I love, I love what you just said and going out in the group, because if you had the intention of finding awe and someone said, well, I didn't find anything. And then you hear what everyone else found. Mm-hmm that could be very bonding too and connecting and maybe even educational like how come they saw we're in the same exact place right and they saw something that i didn't even see right so maybe i need to learn something here 
<laughs> yeah. as, long as, it, as long as it doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. You're like, man, everybody else saw something. I didn't see anything. What's wrong with me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next time you might see something that they might, didn't see. I mean, you might, yeah, individuals. Yeah, yeah, next time you might be a little more aware. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it, it could be, yeah, it could be um, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like in the third part of your book. I mean, you have a lot of great stuff. The first part, but part three is kind of like the application piece. And I love application because, you know, theory is nice, but application is work uh, is what works. And I like that you broke right. it down. And a lot of things you've already kind of alluded to is, you know, the, the all awakening prescriptions, you know, stop, you know, uh, look and um, where's the last section here? I just had it at my top of my head. Listen, stop and listen, and listen, stop and look and listen, right? You know, yeah, that, um, yeah. you know, you give some like, you know, good pieces for people to, you know, uh, good areas for people to find all in their life. Because I think that that's what most people are looking for is, um, you know, hey, how do I, you know, this is a great thing. How do I get more of it? What do I need to do? And you lay it yeah. out. So you laid out so simply of like, hey, this is what you can do. This is where you can look at. Um, are there some things that you think that in our conversation that, you know, we haven't hit on people, you know, find a little more all in their life? Well, I think put down your cell phone, get away from the computer, stop, look and listen. And just the other day I was showering and I was listening. I thought, well, you know, I try to take my own advice once in a while. I'm going <laughs> to just just stay in the shower and hear what is the water sound like? Mm -hmm. And what I realized, it sounded like a waterfall when I was in Hawaii. Really? And I had never heard that before because I never thought about stopping and listening to the water. Mm -hmm. uh, so listen, um, just look, you know, again, maybe with intention. I Last year, I, I took a class where every day we had something to go look for when in our travels during the day. And that day was to find everything heart shaped. And really? I had planted morning glories around my front gate. I walked by, you know, several times a day that gate, never noticed that the leaves on the morning glory were all heart shaped. So look, you know, stop, yeah. look, and listen. And it seems stopping, that um, it seems like, you know, some of those aspects yeah. are almost all like a finding the all in your life is almost an element of uh, mindfulness of, you know, like, you know, really exactly. paying, paying attention to what's going on and, you know, being present in that moment versus just kind of like going through the normal um, uh, uh, motions of life. Um, and, and I like that. And I like the, the thought yeah. process of maybe setting an intention of looking for certain things, you know, each day, like, I, this, yeah. like for your attention for day, seeing faces, like, I don't set my attention to see faces, but I see them a lot when I'm like, I, I see a pattern on a floor and I'm kind of bored. I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like a weird face. And then I'll point it out to me like, I don't yeah. see that. Yeah. Well, you know, I do. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, so I, I was going to give, you said you like um, intentional or um, things to, you know, help people get more of something in their life, like all in wonder. Mm -hmm. Get a three by five card and put a big letter A on it and just carry that card around. And every time you see the card, if it's in your uh, 
pocket or what, wherever it is, um, if you just feel it, realize that, okay, stop, look and listen, look for that awe or wonder at that moment. And I think it'll help you uh, find, find, find what you're looking for, find more awe in your life. And the reason to do that is what science is showing that you could be happier, healthier, connecting more to other people in the universe. Nice. I like that. And that's so simple too. Um, index car with an A on it. Cause you can put it uh, in your car, you know, where you see it. If you spend a lot of time in your car, you can put it yeah. on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, just as a reminder uh, before you start your day. Um, that's, that's something really easy and uh, easy to do. You could even make it your backdrop on your phone. So when you pick up your phone, there's a big A on there instead of <laughs> picture or something. Ooh, great idea. I didn't think of that. Yes. <laughs> because that's where most people look most often is like, you know, at their phone. So if I just have an A on there, it's like, oh, I'm not going to look at Facebook. I'm going to look for the awe and wonder in my life. I like that. Um, and I think that I'm going to do that as soon as we get off right. this call. Now, um, if people want to find your book, they want to get them some more Alan Klein, where do they need to go? Well, of course, the big Amazon has it. Barnes & Noble has it. Um, they have all my books, so just go on there and put in my name, but you got to spell it right. A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N. -E and if you come up with books about the Beatles manager, that's not me. <laughs> we share the name. We do share the name. He is dead. I'm alive. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that uh, you guys shared the name. And I will put a plug in for all oh, yeah. of Alan, Alan's books for anybody that's listening. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with any of Alan's books. How many years has your first book, uh, book been on the market? I know I bought it back in... Uh, 89, the first book came out. 89. Yeah, yeah. I bought my first copy in, um, uh, must have been 98. Um, but uh, I have since received an autographed copy from Mr. Alan Klein, which I have next to the other one, but the one that's autographed is obviously a little more special, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I would, I would recommend anybody to go to his author page and, you know, get any of his books because they're all very good. And this one too is just as good. And I love that it's so rich and you brought so many um, other um other people in to share their stories as well, because it's one thing to have, you know, your, you know, your opinion, but you bring the science in, but you bring other people's experiences in too, which I think is, it's a, it's a, it's a great combo to give the book a lot of depth um, that some books, so, so many books today are kind of missing in my opinion. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if we were really at um, happy hour, having a drink, me and you, which we have done before, you know, after a couple, I might give you a little drunk dare, but if, since we're not, I'm just going to ask you a few random questions for my overstuffed Would You Rather book. Mr. Alan Klein, are you game for three questions? I am game. All right. $64,000 question. All right. I will um, apologize in advance because I never know where the book's going to open to, and they all are random. All right. Would you, Alan, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and ask you this question. Uh, would you rather shave your mom's bikini line or your dad's butt? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Do I have to answer? <laughs> Not really. I did. It's... <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. Hey. <laughs> all right. Second question, Mr. Alan Klein, would you rather never have people take you seriously or 
always have people think that you are no fun. I'll choose A again. All right. Last question. Last question. Would you rather eat a head of rotten cabbage or drink a glass of sour milk? Oh, sour milk. It's like, um, what is it? Buttermilk? Or what is it called? Um, um, chunky cottage cheese? I don't I know. I used to drink it in the summer. <laughs> Did what, you really? What is it? It's almost like liquid yogurt. Um, liquid yogurt. For it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it's called buttermilk, but I'm not that doesn't sound right. I don't know. It doesn't sound right Anyhow, to me either, but one. I'm with you because I don't think I could do the rotten cabbage. Anyway, my friend, ah, always a pleasure spending time with you. Thank you so much for taking some time out to uh, share your book with me. It's given me a lot of things to think about, a lot of things that I can actually implement in my life. And I know that my listeners will get a lot from it as well. Great. And uh, Chip, you are awesome. Well, thank you, my friend you are as well. Thanks for listening to LaughBox. If you'd like to learn more about AATH, visit our website at www.aath.org or email the host at chip at unconventionalleader.com. And if you'd like to be particularly awesome, leave us a review on iTunes and or tell your friends about how awesome the podcast is unless you didn't think it was awesome. And then just keep it your little secret. Or tell them it was awesome and then laugh to yourself about how you're going to be wasting an hour of their time while you're out doing something productive, like handing out heads of cabbage at a Miley Cyrus concert. (laughs) Thanks again for listening, and may the farce be with you.